Hallelujah. Oh, God is so good. Sometimes you just got to do a little jiggy so good, you know? He has been good to me. He's been good to many of y'all. Um, my, the, the title of my lesson tonight is uh, Speak to the Mountain. And um, I'm going to start off with a few questions. Well, let me start off with a prayer first. Lord, we are so thankful for all that you've done for us. And Father, I just ask as I review the scriptures and go over the lesson tonight that you're glorified and, it, and I give it justice. And it, I want it, Lord, I want it to change lives and make a difference, not just in my life, but in the hearer of this word. Thank you, Lord. You know, do you, do you ever feel like you're praying about the same thing over and over again? I know as a prayer partner, you know, I pray people over and over again. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You, you pray until you get an answer. You know, uh, or maybe have you been dealing with, with an illness for t- far too long? Or do you always seem to have financial problems? And you never seem to be able to get ahead? That's not the will of God. And so tonight we're going to cover some scriptures that are going to help us be a more effective prayer. Uh, prayer. <laughs> um, we're, we're supposed to, con- to continue to grow. That means every aspect of our life. Our prayer life should grow also. And, um, and the way that that happens is through the Word and getting a greater understanding of what the Word says. And every Sunday, we, we, we say together Isaiah 50, through 40, uh, 50, verses 4 through 5. But I'm going to say it today, and I want you to really listen to what it says. It says, starting with the fourth verse, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. So when you say me, he's given each one of you the tongue, the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him is weary, who is weary. That even means you can speak to yourself when you're weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Hallelujah. That's a good thing that we say every Sunday. We should say it often. Speak God's word over our lives. And I want to pick up and start off with, with uh, Mark 11, in the, starting with the 12th verse. And we're going to read 12 through 24, so we'll be there for a little while. And it says, Now the next day, when they had come out of uh, Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing afar a fig uh, tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps... He would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. And in response, Jesus said to it, Let no one eat fruit from, from you ever again. You know, and you think, that's, that's kind of harsh, you know. But I want to point out something. Fig trees, when fig trees get their leaves, about the same time, they get their fruit. So if they have leaves, they should have fruit. 
This fig, Jesus saw the leaves because he was hungry, and he came from afar to, to, to go to this tree and to, just to find out the tree was lying. So he cursed it. You know, I think we should be cursing more things that are lying to us. But um, so let's get back to the scripture. And it says, you know, they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be a house of prayer for the nations, but you have made it a den of thieves. He was angry. He had a right to be angry, and he, 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 he had the right use of the anger. He drove them out. He didn't just ask them to leave. He physically made them leave. He tumped over their tables. He drove them out. You know, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We need to be thinking like Jesus. And if sickness invades our bodies, if lies invades our bodies, and they set up a table in our temple, we need to turn those temples over and we need to drive those things out of our temple. The same way that Jesus did. Because our temple is a place of worship. It's not meant to be a den of thieves. And if you've got something going on in your body or in your thinking, you have the den of thieves (laughs) following you everywhere you go, talking to you. But we have the authority and the power to chase them out. Not only do we have the authority and the power, we have the right that comes with that. So think of, our, think of your body as a temple. And, you know, um, that's a great attitude to have. And, and you can, all day long, you're just walking along, you know, you're walking along and something happens. Ah. You can't bring your wares in here. Leave it. Don't, don't even leave it at the door. I don't want to see it. These lies try to invade you through the media, through whatever, through your own thinking, bad doctrine. Don't bring that junk in my temple. Get it out of there. Don't let it reside. So in picking up in the 18th verse, the, the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him. For they feared him. Because all the people were astonished at his teaching. And when evening had come, he went out of the city. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree had dried up from its roots. And Peter, remembering what, uh, uh, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. And so Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree, 
they didn't see an immediate death of the tree. It took about 12 hours. They saw it the next day. What died at the roots didn't show up above ground until later. It took time for it to manifest in the physical world. When we pray we, and speak to, to mountains, it can take time for us to see the manifestation in the physical realm. You know, the enemy wants us to think, oh, nothing's happening. You know, if you don't see an immediate change, nothing's happening. You know, newsflash, we can't see the, phys- the, the spiritual realm with our natural eyes. You know, you might, you know, you might say, well, that's great, Karen, you know, but I need it in the physical realm. Well, faith is what brings it into the physical realm. And we'll look at Hebrews 11, and then the first verse. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Think about it. When God creates anything, he creates it out of nothing. He brings it out of the the spiritual realm and brings it into the, the physical realm. Yeah, and sometimes things manifest, as I said, immediately. And sometimes it ta- it'll take some time to recover. But when it is spoken, it happens in the spiritual realm. It happens. And the way we know it happened is because the Word told us it happened. And just because, you know, so, we've, so we, by faith, we bring that into our physical realm. And I want to look at, in Mark 16, um, starting with the 17th verse, and I'm I'm just doing some foundational things here because we can talk a little bit. But in the 17th verse, it says, And these signs shall follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. I got a question. Do you all follow him? You wouldn't, you know, this is like the serious crowd on a Wednesday night. You know, I'm, you know, you follow him. So if you follow him, then you, you'll, you should be casting out demons. Yeah, they will speak in new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That's us. Every one of us has the power and the authority to lay hands on the sick and expect them to recover. You know, it's easy to think that when you pray about something and you see nothing happening, to think nothing is happening. That's what the enemy wants you to think. Don't give that space. I wasn't going to share this story. I took it up. But I'm going to put it in. Now, I'd share with you guys how the Lord had put a scripture, Psalms 103, on my heart. When, when, when my husband had died, I was tired, after, really worn out afterwards. And I got excited about that, that, that promise, especially the one, you know, all your disease, healing of all your disease, and that's great, but restoring your youth just, I just felt old. And, and anyway, 
it excited me. I got, you know, you know, got excited. I started doing some things, and I didn't see things happen in the physical realm. And I kept talking about it in my class and different things, and it was going to happen. I started seeing a few little things, you know, but, but, but needless to say, you know, five years went by, and nothing happened. And the Lord started bringing that scripture back up to me. And when Noji was teaching, you, you, you asked, is there a scripture that God promised you that you've given up on? I don't know if you remember that. And boom, that just hit me. And when it hit me, it, well, it, let me, wait a second. At first I thought, no. <laughs> then I asked the Lord, is there one? <laughs> and then it hit me, you know. Because you, you can forget something to the point that you forget it. It was ever said. Because that's what happened. Is that really what the Lord said? Is that promise really for you? Five years and it hasn't happened? Is it going to happen? Well, guess what? I believe it's going to happen. He spoke that years ago over me. And one of the things the Lord told me to do is I had to act on it. I had to start. If I want to be younger, I've got to act younger. And I'm not saying pretend to act younger. I'm not, do younger things. Do younger things. And so I've been exercising and doing things, you know, and I'm feeling pretty good. And it was kind of funny. There was one day, I, 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 I jogged three miles a day. And I had my best time I ever had. I was, uh, I, got, I got down a, a 15 and a half minute mile. That's good for me. For, for a 57 year old, that's pretty good. And I was so excited that in my last mile, I did under 16 minutes. And so I, I've really cut my time. And, you know, you're feeling good, you know. And inside, I'm doing the Rocky dance, dun, 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 dun. You know, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm feeling good, you know. I'm excited, you know. Praise the Lord. My youth is being renewed. I'm so excited. Yeah, you know, but I wasn't dancing like that. I was walking like, you know, walking normal. And I'm walking, and one of my neighbors comes out and says, don't give up. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> you know? And I had this thought, what do I look like? Do I look like I need to give up? Didn't he see? I had the best time in my, my time. I'm doing the rocky dance on the inside. You know, and for a moment, I went from dun, 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 dun. I worked so hard. Nothing's happening. And then, like, no. No. I don't... Am I going to listen to what that guy that saw me at the end of my workout when I'm all sweaty and and stuff? Who is he? I'm going to listen to what the Lord has promised me. My youth is in the process of being renewed. It may not look like it to you, but it is. It's being renewed. My strength is coming back to me. My health is coming back to me. I speak to my body. And I have to speak to my body a lot because it gets sore some now. But praise God. But it's already done in the spiritual. And what I'm doing is by faith, I'm stepping out. And I am pushing myself, 
But I'm pushing myself. In a sense, what I'm doing is, is I'm telling my body what to do. I'm driving out that bad thinking. I'm driving out that sedentary life. I'm driving out those lies that, oh, when you get old, you can't lose weight. When you get old, you can't, all the blah, blah, blah kind of stuff. No. Nowhere in the Bible it says that. My model is Sarah. <laughs> you know, she was in such good shape that the king, you know, his wife lied a couple times when she was in her 90s, you know, to, to, protect, to protect himself from getting harmed. So if, if Sarah can be renewed, why can't we? What a great example. And so, uh, sorry to shoot, but I hope someone gets something out of that. And it's not, sometimes when you're going for gold, it takes effort. Well, it always does. You know, we just think that God is like, you ever, when I was a kid, we watched I Dream a Genie, and you could just twinkle her nose and things would happen. Well, to be honest, that's kind of what I wanted. <laughs> You know, I wanted to, you know, do a little bit and just, you know, the weight fall off. And I'm not saying God can't do that, but for me, he knows he's dealing with root issues in me. And that promise is mine, and I'm going I'm to receive that. And plus the other promises that are in the Word. And um, so we have to believe And just because you don't see something happening, and just because somebody else doesn't see something happening. You know, I lost 20 pounds before anybody noticed. Well, (laughs) I'm a big person. I wear big shirts, you know, so hey. You know, if if a little person lost 20 pounds, they'd be skinny, you know. But uh, I have a lot. It's just kind of like you just kind of, you know, kind of paste it everywhere, and you can't see it, you know, when it leaves. But we need to stop looking with our natural eyes. And look with our spiritual eyes. And don't give up. So when Jesus spoke to the fig tree, it immediately died at the roots. And it took time for it to manifest. You know, the disciples were shocked when they saw it the next day. You know, they, they remembered he cursed that thing. But, you know, they really weren't expecting anything. See, Jesus understood how faith worked. Jesus understood the authority that he had. And he also understood God's order. Think about it. Everything that God has created has order. Everything. He's not a God of chaos. But sometimes we kind of expect God to kind of be chaotic with us, you know. He's not. We have to, that's, you know, it's kind of funny, it used to really bother me a little bit when you'd read, you've got to follow, follow the law, follow the law, that sounds like, you know, Sounds like legalism. But you know what? If you follow the laws, there's protection in there. You follow the laws, that's where there's power. You learn what the power is there. Um, you know, there's a law of gravity. And you know, I looked it up and I, I wrote down a few things and I really don't understand the, the, you know, the you know, you know, an object will change motion, won't change motion unless the forces act on all that kind of stuff. But basically what we need to, need to know about uh, gravity is gravity is what keeps your feet and stuff on the ground. And if you fall from a tall building, the taller, you know, the, the, the higher you fall, the more it will hurt and the more damage it will do to you. That's the basic stuff that most of us need to know that are not in engineering. Um, and there, you have the law of electricity. Now, I know more about that. Um, 
but, you know, electricity always wants to flow from a higher source to a lower source. Kind of reminds you of God flowing from a higher source to us, you know. Uh, it always needs a path to travel. You know, positive attracts negative charge. Uh, two negatives, you know, repel each other. It flows from copper better than rubber. We know some basic, most of us know some basic things about electricity. It'll flow through us. You know, we have electricity in us. It's everywhere, you know. But uh, some of us need to understand, well, all of us need to understand that laws govern how God works. And it governs how his, his work promises work, how to pray, everything. Um, that's why we need to learn the laws. That's why we need, my, my, my headset kind of sunk down. Just let me fix that for a second. When I was trying to do my boxing thing, uh, got kind of wild there. But God, and God created those laws. You know, God didn't create the chaos. He created the, he created the order. It's interesting when you think about all the things God, God has created. Think about, think about this. Okay, he placed our planet in the perfect place from the sun. Mars is too hot. Saturn is too cold. The, the way it rotates and spins around the sun causes, it keeps... Um, the, um, the earth, any part of the earth uh, from getting too cold. You know, if it slowed down, I think, a couple seconds, it would, it would cause you know, parts of the world just to freeze over. Plus, all, it's all that, everything is so precise. That's the kind of God we have. A precise God that put everything in place. You know, if the ocean gets too hot, a hurricane will cool it down. You know, we want, to blame the, we want to blame the devil, you know, on nature. <laughs> well, there's things in nature that are in place to take care of the earth. And God knew that there was a need for that. Um, you know, if you look at the human body, you know, when a baby is born, it has 300 um, bones in its body. And as it grows, it fuses together. And by the time of adulthood, you have 206 bones. We have 27 bones in each hand and 26 bones in each foot. You know, now that I'm jogging, I, I jog on a trail. I'm, it's, there are times I'm just amazed. My feet. It helps me stay balanced and I don't fall. I can't tell you how many times you, you, you go and you go to, you're stepping in a hole, but your body adjusts to it and you don't fall. See, that's, God designed a pretty awesome thing. Not to mention the uh, re- reproduction, and you know it's it's amazing. We we really should be in awe of what he has created, and and yeah, some of the same design is in other animals because it's the best design, not because we all came from a monkey. It's the best design. And every animal has the right number of toes and the right number of whatever it needs for the balance to do what it is supposed to do. That is awesome. I'm, 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 I'm just, when you sit back, it's, what can I say? It's awesome. I used to hate that word, but sometimes that's one of the better words to use. Um, so when God... 
a God who was so, so precise in all the things that he did, why do we have a problem following his precise instructions? It kind of reminds you, like, I have a, you know, if you have kids, they think they know better, you know, uh, than mama, tried and true. It takes them a while to adulthood for them to agree that, oh, maybe mama was right, you know. Uh, now, Ruth was pretty good, so I don't want to say that, but the boys were more defiant. But we are expected to grow up, and part of growing up is taking a look at what God has done, taking a look at his promises, and acting on what his word says to do. You know, and one of the things God says, he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Now, I might be stepping on a sacred cow here, but it's important that, you know, if I say something that stirs you up, don't get mad at me. Look in the word and see if it's true. But also go to God and say, God, why did that disturb me? And, and, and if I'm wrong, he'll show you. And, you, and you'll know why, you know, what, what's going on. You'll know if you're, you should believe me or, the, or you should believe what, what you think. I don't, uh, it sounds kind of great. What you think is, um, it's not what you think, it's what the word says. So I don't want to, I try to think what the word says, but sometimes my thinking gets in the way. So let's look at James 4, the seventh verse through the eighth. It says, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your heart, you double-minded. A lot of us are double-minded. But God said he's given us the power and the authority to resist the devil. You know, a lot of people pray and ask him, you know, say, you know God, get the devil off my back. You know, the devil's attacking my finances. The devil's attacking me, you know. Um, and, but God uh, doesn't seem to sometimes take that away. And we keep praying that same prayer over and over again. But God says, you have to resist, and the devil will free, flee. Uh, you know, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm resisting a poor eating habit. <laughs> I'm, I'm resisting a sedentary, a sedentary lifestyle. I have to resist turning to food for comfort. I have to resist, you know, being lazy. You know, for years, I mentioned, I just wanted God to take that away. And God is saying, Karen, I've given you the power. Resist. You know, um, and I'll read the, the, the definition of it later on. But God does not violate his promises. Just because man is wishy-washy doesn't mean God is. Some of us think he is. He's not. You know, my, gra- my, my grandson, he's nine months old. And he's gone through this phase where he wants to dive off the couch head first. Um, I can't let him do that. He could hurt himself. He's not learned the law of gravity. But the gravity still has an effect on him, even though he doesn't understand that it does. See, laws are put in place to protect us. 
We don't get mad at the law of gravity, do we? We don't say, <laughs> I'm, you know, well, there are some daredevils that do some things, but most of us, you know, don't do that. Uh, you know, when we're a baby in Christ, he will help you. But we're expected to grow. And as we grow, we have power. We grow in power and understanding so that we can resist the devil. We should aspire to that. We need, all of us need to grow up. You know, resist means to withstand, strive against, or oppose to restrict infection, to resist temptation, to withstand the action or the effect of something, to refrain for something, to abstain for something. If we do all of that, wow, the devil can't even get in our temple. But we open the door. We leave the back door open, I guess is a better way of saying it. God spoke it. It's a law, and the devil has to obey, period. We're no longer babies. And once I said, we not only can we resist the devil, we need to resist the devil. The, wor- the word also says that we have to speak. And I want to look at that. That's found in Proverbs 18. In the 20th verse, it says, a man, a, <clears throat> excuse me, a man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his, his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. So if you love death, you'll eat of it. If you love life, you'll eat of it. What are you eating? You know, people can get, can get comfort through sickness and just eat that up. We need to be eating life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And it says that we will have what we say. Good question. What are we saying? You know, earlier I talked about the laws of gravity and electricity. Both are powerful and tremendous blessings. But they're both can be very dangerous. Have any of you ever put your finger or something in a light, in a, in a light socket? I'm surprised at how many shook their head yes. Well, most of us listened to our parents and, you know, what they taught us, and we didn't do that. And those of you who didn't listen to your parents, you suffered the consequence. And thankfully, you're still alive, you know. Might not, your IQ score might have dropped a little, but we can pray about that. <laughs> you know, when you walk into a room, you flip the switch. And, and we expect the light to come on, don't we? Um, but you know, we physically do something. We flip the switch on. But if you're at my daughter's house, you say, hey, Siri, turn the light on in you know, whatever room. But you still do something. There's an action. Is that mine? Uh, I have my, I must have got, got. <laughs> but, you know, just knowing that the light will, can turn on, you know, walking in a room and saying, I know the light can turn on, and not turning it on does you no good. 
understanding how the whole thing is wired and operate does you no good unless you physically do something. That's how the word is. Does you no good unless you physically do something. Um, turn the page, got ahead here. One of the things I, I started doing just recently is I'm visualizing my mouth as being that light switch. You know, and I'm hooked up to the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. We've got to flip that switch and let that flow out of our mouth. If we don't, it just stays in there and that power has nowhere to go. Now, we might meditate, no, oh, Lord, poor me, you know, we might go for prayer, but we need to be speaking over our lives. We need to be speaking over our children's lives. We need to be speaking over our checkbook. We, we need to be speaking over everything. Because you know what? The enemy is, through the TV, through all kinds of sources, I want to look at James 3 and um, verse 1 through 12. And it says, My brethren, let, li- let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in the word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses', in, in horses mouths, and they obey us. And when we turn their, bo- their whole body, look at a ship. Although there is so large, and they're so large and are driven by fierce winds and turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. You know, think about all those fires that we're hearing about in California and stuff. It all started with a little kindle. The devastation. And the tongue is a fire, a word of iniquity. The tongue is, is so set amongst our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and sets on fire by, he, uh, on fire by hell. For every... <laughs> Sorry. For every kind of beast and bird or reptile or creature of the sea is tamed, has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. And it is unruly, evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and curses. My brethren, these things ought not be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives, or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. So what's coming out of our mouth? (laughs) 
We can control what comes out of our mouth. We can resist because the, the, you know, the, the word says we can. You know, an example, you know, when the doctor tells someone they're going to die in a few months, they don't have to die. You don't have to believe the doctor's report. You don't have to go around speaking death over yourself and to everyone that will listen. The doctor's not God. The doctor may not understand God's law. See, the doctors work in the physical realm, the natural realm. They work with natural immune systems. They use drugs and treatments to try to kick off the natural immune system that God created. Oh, yeah, that's another thing I think is amazing about the body. I mean, you cut yourself, it'll heal. You break a bone, it will heal. He put in you a natural immune system to, to ward off the illnesses and diseases. Most of the medicines that are out there, they're there to kickstart the, the immune system that God already put in place. God is supernatural and he deals with things on the root level. If the doctor speaks death, we have to resist those words. There are times we have to resist our own bodies, what our own body is telling us. You know, and we have to have this thought, my body is the temple of God. And if the devil has set up tables in my body, in my temple, I'm going to turn them over. I'm going to drive those lies out of my temple, drive those lies out of my body. And the way you drive that stuff out is you fill it with the word. Only so much can fit inside. So if you fill it with good stuff, the, good, the bad stuff's got to come out. You know? Like that one guy discouraged me for just a little bit. When he just thought I was going to pass out, I don't know what he thought. You know? But I wasn't going to pass. I was feeling good. Walking inside, you know? Um, that's why it's important to get into the Word for ourselves. You know, we have a choice. We can speak Anything we want to speak. Let's make sure it's the word of God. You know, most people beg God to move the mountain. Oh God, please move this mountain. Once again, let's start speaking to those mountains. And don't do it with our physical eyes. Don't look at it with the physical eyes. Look at it with the supernatural eyes. You know, speaking to the mountain is a form of prayer. God already knows what we need. And he's, he's already provided a way out. The word says, by his stripes we were healed. So, that, so what is the purpose of prayer? <laughs> if it's already done. Kind of seems like an oxymoron. What's the purpose of prayer? Right? Well, first of all, we need to enter into, pray, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and praise. I mean, the praise tonight was awesome. I mean, you couldn't help but just get worked up a little bit in faith. Now, you, you had a choice. You could not enter in, and maybe you didn't get as worked up as some others did. But we're supposed to enter his gates. When we start praising God, worshiping God, thanking God, it builds faith. You know, thank you, God. You know, and then receive, you know, receive his word and then speak to the problem. And if you have a problem in your body, talk to it. Tell it to leave. Praise God. Thank God that it's already done. 
but speak to the problem. So I want to, I'm going to have a prayer here. I want to ask your opinion about this prayer that I'm going to pray. And, and be honest, I did write it myself, but it says, Father, I thank you. I know that you, you, that you will heal me. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed, and I thank you for healing me. I claim it in your name, Jesus. I claim it in the name of Jesus. So is that a pretty good prayer? It's pretty good. But you know what? I didn't speak to the mountain. I didn't speak to the mountain in that prayer. The the Bible says speak to it. So we can thank God. We can say all that kind of stuff which is good, and we can praise God for all that kind of stuff. But we are, we're not babies. We can speak to, the, to that mountain, and we can resist, you know, the, the devil. You know, if you have a problem with pain, you can speak to the pain in the name of Jesus. You can tell it to leave your body. And whatever is causing the pain in your body, you can tell that to leave too. There's power in the name of Jesus. We, we should start acting like we believe that all the time. You know, all diseases and illness have to leave our body in the name of Jesus. That's what the Word says. Speak life over your bodies. That's what I'm doing. You know, before I started, you know, trying to eat, do various things, I was hearing death over my body. When you get older, you know, you'd have a little ache and someone's, oh yeah, when I got to be your age, that's when that started. <laughs> nah, not my body. Not my body. You know, one of the things I did say to my body all my life is I didn't want to have, I spoke, I spoke against arthritis. A lot of people in my, my family have it really bad. I don't have arthritis. Why did it take me all these years to figure out <laughs> that I was speaking against that at an early age? Because my mom, she got it when she was in her 30s. You know, her fingers are kind of bent and stuff, you know. And I saw that, and I didn't want that. And I, I would speak against that. And when someone would say, oh, it's in the family, not mine, not me, not me. So we need to understand that when we pray and we speak to things that happens in the spiritual realm, and then it happens in the, in the natural or the physical realm. And, you know, and most people think if they don't see the change, it isn't happening, but it is. And I'm going to skip through a f- couple things here because um, I want to pray at the end. Um, you know, one of the things that I want people to kind of realize is, you know, you pray and maybe you, maybe you, you gain an inch. You know, you, you, want, you want to get the whole thing, and you just get an inch. You know, you, your pain is, is at a 10, and you pray, and it gets down to a 5. See, the enemy wants you to get discouraged and say, you didn't get your perfect healing. Think of things this way. If you're able to move the enemy an inch, you can move him a mile, an inch at the time. So don't get discouraged. It's so easy when you start doing something, start working out, you know, it just, it's, it's so hard to move that inch. 
It's so hard to do things. But you keep doing it, and the next thing you know, you add to it, you add to it, and you can move a whole mile. So the, the devil doesn't want you to know that. The devil wants you to think, oh, you're defeated. It didn't work. You don't got faith. You know, there are times when we pray for people and we, we'll ask them, well, what's your pain level, you know? And, and, and it, it, it goes down. But sometimes they're satisfied with it just being, you know, at this level, you know? Um, but let's get the whole thing. Let's, go, let's keep going after God's promises until you receive the whole promise. Um, there's another thing that I was reading. And, you know, there's parts, studies have shown there's parts of our brain that are voice activated. God designed us to be voice activated to his word. Now, it can be used in the wrong way. You know, if you start talking about being tired, guess what? You get tired. You start getting excited about something and talking about that, you get excited. It's called, you know, getting hyped up or getting hyped down. Well, that's just using God's design against you or, or for you. Let's use God's design for good. And expect our immune systems to work the way they're supposed to work. Expect our brain to, to hear the supernatural and respond to the word of God. Um, I like to think, I, I had an image of like my temple. Um, you know, Jesus went in and he turned over the tables. I picture him going in and turning them over one by one, you know. Um, I don't know. Maybe he could just speak it and they turned over, but he went and he physically did something. But I like to picture myself. I want to go into my temple and I want to turn over the tables. And as I'm turning the tables over, I want Lord reveal to me what lies, you know, show me what needs to be dealt with. What lies am I believing and, and cast those things out. Sometimes we don't even know the lies that we've been believing because we've been programmed for so long to believe those lies. You know, when pain and illness talks to you for a long time, you really understand that language. We need to unlearn that language. And we need to just sweep by sweep, word by word, get that out of our thinking, get that out of our temple. And so what I'd like to do, I'd like to close, you know, with a prayer. And I, I, I would, um, and I'm wanting y'all to, to lay, you know, lay hands on your body. And if you could stand up with me, because this, I want, um, and, just, and I want you to repeat after me as we say this prayer. And you might have to move your hands around. Don't be embarrassed about whatever. You know, even if you, you know, it's funny. I have before the pastor said, anybody got a pain? And I go and I'm like, I had one, but it's gone. And so then I don't speak to it. And then it shows up the next day, you know. So even if you've had a pain somewhere, put your hand there. If you're needing something healed, put your hand there. And as you repeat what I'm saying, know that you are speaking this in the spiritual realm to your body. And the word says that what you speak will come to pass. And so expect a change.
Expect things to change. And don't just pray it today, but keep praying it and get your temple clean. So right now, let me see. I think, I had, I think something hurt here the other day. Okay. Father, I thank you. I know that it's your will to heal me. By the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. I thank you for healing my body. I claim it in the name of Jesus. Now, this is a long one. Okay. In the name of Jesus, every evil word that was spoken over me has to leave. Words of death have no power over me. I am covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, all pain and discomfort, you have to leave my body. And whatever is causing the pain and discomfort, You have to leave in the name of Jesus. All diseases and illness have to leave my body in the name of Jesus. I speak life and health over my body. In the name of Jesus, my immune system will operate the way God designed it. I will get stronger every day. Amen. Thank you.